0: on Local Now Channel 525.
1: There are those who would say miracles were for the New Testament, not for current 21st century. We'll talk about that. Next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, this is Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. So, are the gifts of the Holy Spirit for operation today or just for the New Testament, the book of Acts specifically? As we'll find out today, the person and work of the Holy Spirit is very much alive and well in the 21st century. We're taking a look at the work of the Holy Spirit as a miracle worker. Won't you join us? From the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California, let's catch up with our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times
0: of Refreshing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he wants to do the same thing. This man was being held unjustly, and the high court of heaven, the highest court, issued judgment. Angel, go get him out of there. He shouldn't be in there anyway. And matter of fact, go get him out. And I'm going to just show some power here and display who I am. So 2,000 years later, this bald-headed preacher is going to stand up and start talking about how powerful I am and what I'm going to do if you just believe. Get to heaven, amen. We have to get that in our minds that there's a higher court. The highest court. And he just sends an angel, just one of them. Go get him. Chains fall off his hands, door just opens, he walks out. It was funny when I was reading this, when I was reading this just right now in my mind, I was thinking to myself, this angel basically helped him to get dressed. Put your shoe on, put your belt on, put your, he'd tell him, he was telling him how to get dressed. God is good, y'all. And we have to believe him to do miraculous things in our life. And even this series of events is miraculous. Stop just looking for the one thing. Look at the the things that God is doing. Look how God shut that door. Look how God opened that door. Look how God, how did I meet you? Only God calls us to meet. Because God knew we needed a divine connection. Only God. It's God. And all of us, all of it is miraculous. Let's embrace this. Now I'm going to give you a few things here. Five things that hinder the miracle working power of God. And I think this will really, really help us. Five verses here that will help us. Number one is found in Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. And these are things that hinder the miracle working power of God in our lives. And it's something that we all have to really take inventory of. And make sure that we do the best we can to get these things out of our lives. Mark chapter 6 verse 1. It says then Jesus went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the sabbath had come he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying where did this man get these things and what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James, Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there, except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their what? Then he went about the villages in a circuit. He said, teaching. The first thing is unbelief. And in this particular situation, um, we see that their, their, their unbelief was tied to their commonality with Christ. They could not see beyond who he was in the natural and because they could not see who he was beyond who he was in the natural, they could not tap into his divinity and really access the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that was working in and through him. And I think this is important for us in the church culture. And I've preached on this many times here in this church because sometimes it's, it, we, we try to make everybody so common that we lose that aspect of who they are in God. And the level of respect, honor, and faith that we should have as we're united. And I'm not just talking on a leadership level. But just think if every single person in this room viewed each other the way God views them. You see? That if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. I know we are homeboys, but I'm not just your homeboy. I am a man of God. Can I have an amen? Now we cool and everything, but let's stay, let's both stay within the boundaries so that we can tap into he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet reward. If you don't think you're going to get anything, and and let me say this to you, I'm going to say this to y'all, and I know, I know you don't hear pastors say this a lot. But let me say this. I love praying for people. I love doing that stuff. One of the things I love more than anything, and and most of the people who have been here, is raising people up to do stuff. That's why we have so many altar workers and everything, and I love it. Because I want to see God use you. Let me say this to you. Stop saying, well, if pastor would pray for me, something would happen. No, no, no. When I come to the altar, I don't care who prays for me. I'm believing God is going to move right now. <laughs> because God's got an anointing in everybody. Amen? And I think well, there has to be a healthy understanding of that. And there, yeah, there's levels. We know that. But the, 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 the expectation is to be high. Jesus goes to his own hometown. And because they could not see beyond his humanity... He could not do what he could have done in their midst because they couldn't see beyond who he was as a carpenter. And they knew his brothers and sisters. And they just, oh, who is that? He's just, oh, that's just my husband. He just, he can't. No, you better ask your husband to lay hands on you and to pray and rebuke the devil and ask God to move in your life. Can I have an amen? Well, Pastor, I don't know that, you know, he, he, he got something in him. A little anointing goes a long ways. And what I'm saying is, is we have to give up. Jesus couldn't. It was unbelief. Churches full of people who don't believe that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's a church is full of people. They believe God for salvation, but they don't believe God that he'll raise the dead and heal the sick and rebuke the devil and bring the liver. They, We got to get back to this, saints. This is what they did. And it's important that we embrace this. say so we gotta get this back into our hearts. The world is getting dark. And unbelief is crippling people. This whole city missed out on a move of God because they would not believe. And Jesus, I love this. The Bible says that Jesus marveled at their unbelief. I said, wow. You know, because when you don't believe God, what you're saying is, and I wrote this down, what you're saying is. is God, you're not trustworthy. You're not who you say you are. You can't do what you say you could do. And that's calling into questions God's character. Do we know who God is? God made everything. Listen to me saying, God, he made, that, those trees out there, he made those. He designed them. He knows exactly how much oxygen they need, have, where they need to be, what climate. He knows everything. He said, put that little seed in the ground and watch what happens. I designed that system. God is bad, y'all. And for us to not believe him, that's an insult. Do you know who he is? They can't even figure out how many fish they got in the water. I mean, they're still trying to figure stuff out. And while they're trying to figure it out, he's still making stuff. He is that awesome. He's in their midst, Jesus is. They don't believe him. Unbelief saints. Let's look at another passage. Go to John chapter 11. I think this is is critical. John chapter 11. Jesus' friend, Lazarus, has just died. According to purpose. His sisters are devastated. But Jesus has a plan. And we pick this story up in verse 38. As Jesus is getting ready to raise this man from the dead, it says here in verse 38, then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? She, he goes forth and he calls Lazarus forth and Lord, Lazarus is raised from the dead. But this verse is a key. A lot of times people will not believe until they see. But Jesus said, if you would believe, then you'd see. And I think this is something that we have to process. Lord, I want to be a believer. And in believing, you're going to open my eyes up to see many glorious works and things done in and through my life and the life of other people. And I think this is important. Stop waiting for God to to try to prove something to he's already done what he needs to do to prove we believe and then we start seeing more to him that has more shall be given so what happens is we learn to start believing and as we start believing God because of who he is and his character then God causes us to see many more works that he can do not only in and through us, but through the lives of other people. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is here to see that happen. And I think it's important that we stop. And stop saying, well, if, if, if God, I will believe God if. No, I believe God so. I believe God so, I'm going to see God do some things. The woman with the issue of blood, she had done everything she could do. She was at her wit's end. She had nowhere else to go. But she believed in her mind that if I touch the him, if I touch him, then something's gonna happen to me. She believed, then she saw. And I think it's important for us. We gotta flip it. Lord, I believe. Now cause me to see. Amen. So unbelief is the main culprit for why we don't see God doing many, many works in our midst. And especially the the unbelief that's tied to to being common with people. Go to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. This is another reason why people sometimes do not receive miracles in their lives and healings. Look at verse 13. James 5, 13. It says here in verse 13, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. Now, this is the key. And if he has committed sins, he will be what? Freaking. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. So we see very clearly here that that Apostle James is really telling us to pray. If somebody's sick, you need the power of God. You need the the mighty hand of God to move. You need a miracle in your life. Prayer is important. But not only is prayer, sometimes confessing your sin is just as important. Some people are sick and struggling with issues in their life. Because of riotous living, because of sinful living. This is what he's saying. If he's committed sins, it will be forgiven. So their sicknesses come as a result of sin. And we have to stop and ask ourselves, you know, what kind of lifestyle am I living? Because this could be a reason why I'm not experiencing the deliverance in my life or the healing or the miracle working power in my life. It's because I keep on living a lifestyle of sin. And God, and I, and I want to just say this, and as a church... I don't care what anybody says God still hates sin can I have an amen y'all he does he does and this is one of the main reasons I believe why we're not seeing God do as much as he wants to do in our midst it's because people don't realize that I Man, you got to get this stuff we got to get sin out of our lives we have to deal with when, when God convicts us of sin, we got to say, I'm guilty and turn from it and go in a different direction. You cannot, we cannot play with sin, y'all. It hinders our blessing. He said if this person has, has committed sins, it will be forgiven him. And I think it's important for us to really, really ask ourselves, man, am I making sure that I'm, I'm not doing anything that's opening a door for sickness and depression and heartache and pain and bondage to come into my life? I can pray for a miracle, but if I keep on opening the door to the devil, can I have an amen? Then I can't, then then I'm just, I'm circumventing the process and I'm not allowing God to do what he can do in my life. And I think we have to stop and ask ourselves, and and some of us in this room, I say some of us, I'm talking to myself too, I know how sin can affect you physically. It can affect you in all kinds of areas. You look back and say, man, why did I do that? They're like, man, that... Man, sin. And it, and it affects you. All of us have to stop. Sin, it affects you. Sometimes even emotionally. And let me stay just for a minute, y'all. Even emotionally. Some people are struggling from an emotional standpoint. Heartache and pain. Because God said, don't mess with her. Don't mess with him. Well, the Lord knows my needs. Okay, well, go ahead. Then it turns out all wrong. And now you can't get that person out of your head. And you're struggling emotionally. And now sin opened the door to now there's bondage and soul ties and all this. Other, can I talk about this today? And you're trying to and now you're trying to fight. But if you just listen to God, there won't need to be healing in that area. And you won't need a miracle of deliverance. I could drop the mic right there. So what I'm saying is, saints, we have to get in our minds that sometimes it's a sin. I need to repent of that. Because my lack of repentance is hindering the healing. And they can pray over me all they want. But until I come out of agreement with that, and I get rid of that, and I shut the door on that, I'm giving access to the enemy. Can I have an amen in here? We want miracles, but we got to deal with sin. Amen. And make sure that we allow God to help us to get free. Last thing I want to share here today is found in John chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. And we're going to end with this. Saints, sometimes you can be doing everything seemingly that you know to do. And in some cases, and I'm the type of pastor that I'm, I'm quick to let people know. When I don't know. And there are moments in your life. There's conditions in your life. We're all born into sin. Shaped in iniquity. We're born in a sinful world. There's all kinds of stuff around us. And. Sometimes there's things that happen. In your life. And you just don't have an answer to. And sometimes. Because of purpose. God's not giving you the miracle in your timing and and you know what i've learned to say god i'm okay with that because you're still good and you're still with me and you'll still walk with me through anything that i'm going through apostle paul said remove this from me lord god said no my grace is sufficient for you and sometimes you don't have the answer sometimes as a pastor i don't have the answer but I, 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 I do know this, and I'll say it again. God is always good, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Look at verse 1 on down to 6 in John chapter 11. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister, the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. I want to stop there. This is amazing to me. Sometimes there are situations in our lives and it's not that God won't do something, but sometimes it's God's purpose is far greater than we could ever imagine. And just like we sung earlier, we have to learn to wait on the Lord. Lord, we wait. Lord, we wait. I don't have all the answers, but Lord, I wait on you. And sometimes it's God's purpose that he's going to come through, you know, and swiftly. Sometimes he takes a little bit more time. Sometimes, like Apostle Paul, God says, hey, you're, you're going to live with this. And you're, and you're going to glorify me even through living with this, Apostle Paul. And I think sometimes we have to make sure that we understand that God is always right. When I check my faith, my, um, my unbelief, when I check myself out in regards to sin in my life, when I check out what kind of culture and environment I am spiritually, when I check all those things out and I still don't have any answers, the thing that I, I've learned to do is lift my heads up and say, Lord, you know. And you have purpose for my life. In this situation, the Bible says that Jesus, he stayed two more days. He didn't get sucked into their emotions He didn't panic. He didn't, you know, make a knee-jerk reaction. He said, he basically was saying, there's purpose. Watch this. And sometimes we have to say that to family members and friends and saints in the church. We have to stop and say, hey, I don't have the answer, but just watch what God does. And God will be clear. He was clear to them. And I think in the midst of all of it, we have to ask ourselves, no matter what happens, do I still believe God? Do I still love God? Do I still tr- trust God? Job was tested like this. He eventually got his deliverance. He eventually got the boils healed and everything happened. And, he, and God, but as he was going through the process, the worst thing that you can have in your life is the people that sit around you who you trust and who you believe are going to believe with you. And they start pointing the finger Instead of just saying, man, I believe God with you. I believe God with you. And sometimes people are in tough situations. We have people in this church right now in a tough situation. We're going to believe to the end. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? And if 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 God in his way shows us something different, then that's his way. But we're going to keep believing to the very end. I and mean, I think what happens for us sometimes is we don't realize that, that sometimes it's not that Jesus doesn't care. It's just that sometimes Jesus has a greater purpose. And if we would just wait on God and not allow the enemy to rob us of our belief. In this same verse, this same uh, chapter, this is the same chapter we read earlier. And Jesus said, if you would, didn't I not tell you, if you would believe, then you would see. Saints keep believing God. All of us, in some areas in our lives, would just love to see God do a miracle. And my prayer is that in this house, that we believe God for miracles. We believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the power of laying on of hands. We believe in the power of anointing people with oil. We believe in the power of repentance from sin. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that Jesus is the same yesterday. Today and forever.
1: A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit.